I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast, episode 121. Just having the conversation sometimes enlightens people. This is like the power struggle of the ages for most sound guys and, and pastors. Morning Center is worship. And for the sound guy, it is. You're doing an act of worship, but it's also you're stewarding. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team, week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for church tech by church tech. Learn more about rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week we answer the second part of a question submitted by Colton of Boise, Idaho on how to deal with church sound volume complaints. Should he just offer earplugs? If you'd like to join the conversation, you can use the CMAGCast hashtag, email us directly at podcast at churchmag, and you can also ask us a question that we will answer on an upcoming podcast by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to the formal introduction to the Church Mag podcast. Eric here, along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider, the usual suspects. Uh, we're picking up kind of a part two on a riddle me this, which I just now realized. Did I edit that and drop that? No, it hasn't. It hasn't aired yet. So I'll have to make sure that I. I'll have to edit this one so that it falls directly after. Otherwise, that'd be very confusing. Um, anyway, so part two, Phil. Um, see. Last week we talked about, he had questions about um, kind of church tech leadership, that sort of thing. The second the second part of his question has to do with volume, which is a real uh, popular question, actually. Uh, we have a, a blog post quite a while ago called something, it's something to the effect of, you know, what's the difference between rock concerts and worship or something to that effect. And it is full of comments, people going back and forth and arguing and, and uh, all that kind of business but anyway phil why don't you set this up with uh with this question uh, okay the question this is again from colton depu who from um, from boise idaho and um or france well we think he might be an emigre but we're not sure but anyway uh he said uh second question i have one gentleman in the congregation who always complains about the volume especially if there is bass I've explained to him that we try our best to help the congregation worship, but cannot please everyone. We do not, in my opinion, he put in parentheses, run loud. We typically run 82 decibels, slow, a weight. Our worship pastor and I would prefer to run about 90 decibels. So I'm trying to level up. At the same time, I do not want to force this man to leave because he does not like it. Is it a bad idea to offer earplugs for our service? Some people say it is trying to exclude members, but to me, it seems no different than the assisted listening devices we offer. What do you guys think? Thanks in advance. That this is like the the power struggle of the ages for most sound guys and and pastors dealing with the it's too loud crowd. I'll be honest, I I have a difficult time with this because I'm one of those people that I could listen to worship in person, I could listen to it as a rock concert, I could listen to a, a CD player if nobody was up front worshiping and it doesn't matter if it's loud small um if it's everybody singing or if it's just up front singing for me it's all just worship in general and i I get the same personal feeling out of this process and i think that maybe that's what we're probably gonna end up talking about is that personal feeling out of this and so for me it doesn't matter i've been in a very contemporary service in a very traditional service and ultimately it's me seeing the people that are worshiping the really kind of drives me to say yes this is this is what worship is this is what drives me in this process so when i hear something like this my ultimate thought is is how selfish of 
congregation. And that's my initial bent in the, in the whole process, which is obviously not the first conversation you have, but that's what runs through my head initially. That's a really nice analysis. I, I remember quite a few years ago, there was a couple that would complain about the volume as we were running sound. And what always got me is that they were like front row by the speaker people. And... <laughs> It was like, if it really is an issue, then maybe you should think about a different place to sit, you know, maybe sit towards the back where it isn't quite as loud because the people in the back would then complain, hey, could you turn up a little bit? You know, I kind of have a hard time hearing sometimes or, you know, I I don't want to hear my neighbor very well as they sing because they sound so bad. Could we turn up a little bit? And, you know, this is this is the challenge, you know, being able to distribute sound equally throughout the room, make Honestly, it seems like the sound guys are really oftentimes put in a really tough situation. They have to make the musicians happy, the pastor and leadership happy, the congregants, multiple congregants happy. And I just don't think that everybody that's making the request to the sound operator really really thinks that whole process through. And it kind of dovetails with what Jeremy said about the selfishness. Uh, Phil, what kind of experience have you had with this? A lot. I'm actually scrolling back through trying to find an old article I wrote about it. <laughs> <laughs> as, so, um, as somebody who ran sound as long as you did, who is a pastor's son, who's been in a church as long as, and, and has helped in the church so much, I'm sure you're going to have to, you're going to have to pick which story to tell. Yeah. Um, I, I ran sound for about a decade and I, um, like I remember one time I we were running sound and our youth would do uh, our youth would would would, would um, do worship Wednesday nights and I um, remember one of the grandmas of our of the one of the worship kids would always motion at me to turn up her son's instrument and I would always kind of look at her and say no um, <laughs> because I mean for a lot of reasons one he the outputs the output level wasn't loud enough to increase from you know anyway but beyond that. You, you didn't you didn't do the old like thumbs up okay and then pretend to reach down and turn it up. No, I just pretended I didn't see her okay. or just kind of shook my head at her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably did one once or twice. It was like it was like literally a weekly occurrence for a while there, so it wow. was pretty frustrating. But anyway, um, it was just uh, just I I quit the sound because of complaints. Mm-hmm. That's why I quit running it. Um, it, it worked out for me in, my, in, in the journey that God wanted me to go on, so it was fine, but I, that's why I quit. I, I, I would be curious. We should do a survey sometime of like why you quit running sound. I, I would not be surprised if that was the number one catalyst for people. Yeah, quitting. yeah no joke. Is complaints because the pressure of having to please so many oh, people. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. So – well, anyway, I can't, can't find the article. If I find it, I'll, I'll we'll put it in the show notes. But basically, I mean, I had a young guy running sound at our church, and he was increasing the sound volume, I don't want to say considerably, but noticeably, okay? And primarily, he was turning up the bass, because um, bass is something that's often absent in church worship. And, and he was all about that bass, all about that bass. No trouble. <clears throat> yeah. We technically, in my church, we're all about that grace, about that grace, about that grace, no devil. But, you know, anyway, um, <laughs> it's a church sign I saw somewhere. So. Hold on. We, we, we're going to have to go back. Hold on. Let, let me go back and edit that out. Ed all right, Stutz, cool. Ed Stutzler <laughs> is sitting there shaking his head saying, I'm going to make yeah. a blog post out of this right now. Guys, guys, I saw a church sign that I sent in to Ed Stetzer, and he would not post it. It was so profane. Oh. And he, and I, like, I, it was a big discussion in my church. Everyone in my, or my town, everyone in the town saw this church sign, and they're like, do they know how dirty that sounded? And we're like, I, 
I don't know. It's maybe it's one of those things they saw on Facebook and thought it was profound and didn't realize it was profane. Hmm. Oh wow, what was it? What was it? Um, it was great. I tweeted it and, and it's like, yeah, I can't post that. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. Um, Oh my! You can't even put that in the podcast, no, can we? No, no, you no. can't. You I'm, I'm, I'm going to edit it, and then it'll be our reaction. <laughs> just, just leave, just, just leave bleeps. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible! Like you don't have to be that much. You don't have to be that much of a prude or naive, and that's just will knock you over sideways. Oh. Clearly, they're pretty naive. <laughs> it was other signs for like a week. I went by, took a picture of it. I showed it to my sister one uh, that night, and she's like, "I saw that on Facebook." And I said, "I mean, you saw that in town, right?" She's like, "That's in town." She didn't read the actual church name. I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's the one a block from my house." That's so awful. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's one thing to to find those on Facebook, but to actually have it in your town. Yeah, pastor's rebellious son put that up there. <laughs> Now, where were um, we? Anyway, so I talked to this young guy about running sound, and I had said to him a few times, you know, be careful about this, be careful about that, and we were talking about stuff and this and that. And then I kind of realized, just in talking to him, hey, running sound is is stewardship. You know, you're, I've said before, running sound is worship. And for the sound guy, it is. You're doing an act of worship. But it's also you're stewarding. You're, you're stewarding that moment of worship for those people. They're entrusting you to help them. Um, you're entrusting them to uh, make the act of gathering for worship better. And if you're not careful, you're going to make it a hindrance, make it a distraction. Um, and so that's that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, some people are are selfish, as Jeremy said, and some people are hypocritical concerning worship. So this gets repeated a lot at my church, and it's it is. So factual. My pastor just made this mention. Somebody complained about our worship on Sunday and said it was too loud. Now, we got a new soundboard in. I'm going to have a review of that soundboard soon. It's pretty sweet. And we, we, um, I think we have some quirks working out. So it may, there may have been a few instruments that were too loud. But on the whole, I would argue that our sound is too quiet and there's a lot of other issues. It's not a sound volume and sound quality that we found is the biggest problem and people don't, don't understand. So let's, let's rewind. 2011, I think it was, or 2012. Yeah, 2011, I think. Maybe, or maybe even 2010. It's been a while. We brought in, uh, I say we, my, my dad, who was the pastor at the time, allowed someone to book their friend's brother's Southern Gospel group for Christmas Sunday. Now, it wasn't like Christmas Day, but it was like around Christmas, around Thanksgiving. It was like a holiday Sunday. Like, no one's going to be at church anyway, so we'll book the Southern Gospel group. This quartet brings in their own sound system, sets up, sets up speakers on stage. It's like we've got a, we've got a, a dual floor sanctuary, it's a balcony. Okay, they put the speakers on stage and they crank those things and they blast us. And my pet, my pet, my current pastor was on staff then. He pulled out his decimeter. It was one twenty. Not one single complaint. No one complained, and the complainers were there. No complaint because it's about it's about style. It's not about volume, and so that's the big. We always remind people about that, and so we, we like because I had a, I had a lady who was she was being very nice about it. But she said some folks around who sit by her complain about it, and I go to I went to her and said, "Do you remember the Southern Gospel Group?" And she says, "Oh yeah, that was great. Yes, they ran at a what one twenty decibels. We run about ninety two. 
So what does it say about your friends? They're not complaining about volume. They're complaining about style. And sure. unfortunately, that contest, that, that war has already been, already been lost. And you, you slightly glossed over this, um, and we've talked about this in a previous podcast. We don't have to readdress it, um, but I want to make sure that we're at least communicating this to him, that the volunteers themselves, the people running everything, probably don't need to be the people that hear that. And if that person is talking directly to them, they need to fix that process a little bit, whether it's a conversation with the pastor to tell the whole church, hey, we do have a team lead, talk to him, or going to that person personally if they're the ones that are making the problems um, and, and have that conversation with them saying, hey, if you have any questions, come talk to me directly. You don't need to talk to them because then you filter all that stuff out because then you yeah. get to because it becomes so personal. I know that I am very secure myself and I can push back as, as much as I want. But as if you're trying to not only tell me how to do my job while I'm trying to do my job, I'm now flustered. I'm now frustrated. I have to somehow think of a good response. Oh, yeah. And still do the job that I need to be doing for everybody else besides just you. And so it becomes really difficult. And so for the sake of the church, as well as the sake of that person and you just being able to be the filter and the funnel for all that stuff, you need to be the one that hears that. So the way he phrased it was they looked back and trying to address it, that's not how things should go at all. And so I think that they need to figure that process out a little bit, even if it is the pastor in the pulpit saying, just send your questions to this person. Yeah, that's a great point to make, Jeremy, because every... Every leader should be a stopgap for their volunteers or even sometimes their staff. Yep. Yeah. To take that stress off. I, I Thankfully, I had a pastor that understood that it had a lot more to do with style. He had kind of two things that he would say a lot regarding style. And then he would also reiterate to the worship team a lot, you know, less is more. With volume, less is more, which is true. A lot of times, people to correct sound problems in a room or in a mix, what they do is they add. You know, we need more bass, so they add more bass. You know, we need more treble, so they more add treble. We need more um, guitar, so they increase the guitar. When actuality, a lot of times what needs to be done is you need to reduce the other things surrounding it. So if you need more bass, perhaps you need to turn down your mid-range, right? Instead of maybe more guitar, maybe you need less keys, or maybe even less voices as well. And so you, you the first your first plan of attack should be less. And so because what happens is you get slow creep and it gets louder and louder. But I digress on that for a second. Yep. That's a great point that um that um James Wasson makes in, right, uh, in right. Great Church Sound. Which I'm still, I'm currently still reading. Yeah, and and my, my, what we did for our team is we did the decimal meter thing, which was very helpful. And he said if you guys get any more complaints, send them to me. So our pastor actually took that on and people would, would go talk to him. You know, some people say, well, I'm not going to go talk to him that, you know, I don't want to bother him with that. Well, if you don't want to bother him with that, <laughs> then maybe it's not that big of a deal, right? Like you have no, exactly. you have no problem harassing me, but you don't want to go talk to, you know, the pastor, then maybe. Yeah. That's a whole other topic we could get into, but I'm constantly telling folks in my church, like, Hey, you know, uh, pastor Phil, I got a problem with this thing. Oh, okay. Well, you need to tell pastor Eric that cause he wants to hear those kind of comments. Oh, well, I don't want to bother him. Okay. Well, then you clearly don't care that much. So never mind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you know, style does, does have a lot to do with it, and as and as far as the, the question that we have here about offering earplugs, I, I would I'm afraid that because I think he's what 24, I'm afraid that might come across like 
he's being a smart aleck or he's being rude. And I know that that's not his intention. So again, like what Jeremy was saying, maybe this is something that they need to figure out um, as far as leadership style flow. You know, it kind of dovetails with his first question having to do with church le- about about the leadership of the of the team as well. Yeah, and, and I will say that in my own experience, nine times out of ten, the person that's making the complaints will continue to make the complaints, but in between complaints, they totally forget about it. And so it doesn't actually become an issue. And most of the time I wait until the third strike before I even address it. And so if you say, Oh, the sounds too loud. I'll say, okay, I'll go talk to him. And then whenever I come back, I'll say, Hey, I addressed it with them. Mostly saying when I go to the person saying, Hey, can I see the dials? And that's all I do. I don't change a single thing. And so I said, I addressed it with them, which I did. And they said, oh, thank you so much. You've heard me. I appreciate so much is basically what they're saying. And I never hear from them again. <coughs> Whereas it's, there is that one person and that one person either is being too critical or we need to have a conversation about, hey, it's not just about you. We need to make sure that we're serving the church as a whole. We have a reason that we have it at this level. How can we figure out this process for everybody? Yeah, because sometimes I wonder how much of it has to do with like the disgruntled few and then and then sometimes self-fulfilling prophecy. So like they say, oh, it's too loud. And then like the next Sunday, pe- people who who didn't even think anything of it kind of had that seed planted and some of them think, is it too loud? Oh, maybe it is kind of too loud. And so this kind of problem creates out of nothing. As long as you nip it in the butt right away, which is what you do with any kind of conflict. You, you address it, you make sure that they feel heard. You have a private conversation instead of a public conversation. You're starting to address them as a person. And then if they're actually is an issue because I do check the soundboard and sometimes maybe they made a mistake and they had something much higher and I never actually heard it, then I can address it. But beyond that, I don't know if it's really something that needs to go too far until it becomes an issue a second or a third time. Yeah, and when we've brought up the decimal meter in the past, I know somebody criticized and said, well, you can't just go by decibels because the amplitude of the such and such and the blah, 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 look. We understand that sound is very technical, and there are a lot of technicalities regarding it. But most sound uh, sound operators in the church don't know about that and don't care about that. Nor does the person that you're trying to um, help or calm or, like Jeremy said, hear them out. The thing that using a decibel meter helps you do is get you within some sort of measurable range so that when you talk to somebody... It's it, it's in context and it's it comes across educated because it's better than than nothing, right? At least we have we have that and we have a standard and we have a baseline. And so while that isn't you know the end all having a decibel meter, it can oftentimes be very helpful in 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 those discussions. And it's you not having the argument with them; it's that person saying, "Why is that number at, supposed to be there?" And now they're just arguing with the decibel meter, and you, that's science. You're arguing against that process. So if they'd like to change 
change it, then they need to have a conversation and figure out a new strategy for everything. Oh, that's going to take a lot of efforts. Never mind. I'm just going to endure. And, and if they start yelling about it, they're only going to make the decibel meter go higher. <laughs> so a couple of practical things for him to do. Oh, I was trying to talk on my mic was muted, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I like I'm saying, like, why is everyone ignoring me? Oh, so you were unmuting when you coughed. I thought I've never heard I, cough. I've never heard Phil cough on the podcast before. That's yeah, so I, I must have muted. I, I was <laughs> sniffling, so I must have muted and unmuted to cough and then remuted on an accident. Oh, my goodness. This is what happens when you get a fancy new mic, Phil. Well, the pop filter is blocking the indicator. <laughs> We could have been really mean and said, oh, no, we weren't actually blocking you. We were just talking over you. Yeah. I was going to say that we had someone talk about the sound meter before, and they said, well, you know, OSHA says you shouldn't have sound above this. And the response is, you're totally right. And the and the statute is, or the ordinance, whatever you want to call it, is that it shouldn't be sound above, like, I think it's like 80, 80 decibels, you know, for extended periods of time. And in our worship service, we peak at 92. We stay, we, we flux from probably, I don't know, 85 to 92 or maybe even 80 to 92. But that's for 20 minutes, actually by 15 minutes. Cause we do, we do the worship in two sets. So we have three songs with us. We have the sermon and we do two more songs. So we're really making sure that we're abiding by OSHA's <laughs> requirements. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, isn't dial tone 82 or 85? Yeah, totally. The dial tone on your phone. Yeah. It's higher than the OSHA warning. And to the, the dial tone on a telephone. To the church that is concerned because they don't have the money for um, measuring all that process, if that person comes up and complains a second time, say, hey, we're really struggling financially to make sure that we meet your needs. We need something like this. Would you be willing to help us purchase this? Now they have buy-in in the process and they can help. <laughs> and if they don't want to do that, then sorry, Charlie, we just don't have the equipment and we're struggling here. There's also that piece of it, too. Yeah, a little bit of real right. talk though. There's can a free you get decibel app. meters on your. There's phone? a free app, decibels. Yeah, oh, it needs to be something that the person has buy-in. I'm not going to do a free app just for that person. No, I know, but I use it all the time oh, for other reasons. Jeremy's hardcore. Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy is hard like people. At least it's not my job. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay, right? Yeah, we would love follow-up because we're just like shooting from the hip so some some follow-up would be really curious um maybe if if you want to get up at the crack of dawn maybe you could even give us a follow-up on the podcast which would be a lot of fun that way um jeremy can be rude to you that's my pleasure in life (laughs) (laughs) so some action steps some simple action steps now that we've rambled on for 20 minutes what uh set up a system like a kind of a power structure a, a complaint system that's it that's what i'm looking for a complaint system Maybe get a decibel meter. What else, guys? Yep. Uh, I think um, maybe if the person keeps complaining to him, you know, refer, make sure the pastor's on your side. Just, yeah, and refer them to the pastor, like you said, get a complaint system going on. But then, two, maybe you know, offer the gentleman, well, sir, you know, if you sit over here, it won't be as, as loud. I, I've told people that in our church before, too. People complain about volume and stuff. said, well, sit in the back. Don't sit in, under the speaker. You know, it's like saying it's like sitting by a hose and complaining you're getting wet. Yeah, exactly. That's what got me. This one couple in church would always complain about the volume, but they're like sitting right in front of the subwoofer. I will say, I, I think that it's important to have that strategy, and it's probably not something that you need to put up. Of why is it that we're okay with it being this loud and not much louder and not much softer? Um, it's probably a worship pastor or a senior pastor kind of a conversation, but to have something a little bit more formal in writing to say, here's a theological response, even if the theological response is, is we want 
to reach out to the community. Now, all of a sudden, it's not about you. It's about the people in the community. And so I know that for us in our church context, we actually turn the lights out in the congregation and only leave it on on stage. And we have a theological reason that we want to do that because we want to create that atmosphere. And so we had someone that said, hey, I, I can't deal with this. And we apologized and we pointed to the fact that there's an overflow room where the lights are completely on. And we said, here's why we're doing this. And we would love for you to keep being a part of this church. And we made accommodations for something like this. We, we've set up the overflow room for you. We would love it if you would just utilize it that way. And they got offense, offended because they didn't like that idea. It didn't serve them the best and they ended up leaving. And, but we had that thing that we had to stand by because it was in writing. It was something that we had actually put intentionality behind. And then you can just kind of, everybody knows and you can stick to that process. We've been doing light transitions, Jeremy, at our church. Um, and the same kind of thing happened. Um, we would start, start brighter and then get progressively darker during worship. And folks were like, this, this ain't a concert. And we said, no, um, but you're Pentecostal, right? Yeah, I am. And we don't need no fancy lights to worship Jesus. Exactly. But uh, some younger, more uh, less less mature Christians, you know, less mature than yourselves, uh, need that isolation. They need that that privacy of the darkness. And um, when we turn the lights off, we've noticed more and more people engaging in worship and lifting their hands. And we said lifting their hands. Pentecostals all of a sudden went, Whoa? Oh, it's so they're getting more penny. So we're making the the young kids getting more Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah, that's what the you're giving them some privacy, a little bit, of, a little bit, of, you know, dimmed lights helps them out a lot. Okay, never mind. You know, it was, it was like just it's. I, this is not this is not aesthetically pleasing to me, or this is this is uh, scary to me having lights off in church. And it wasn't like lights are off. And it wasn't even that dark, but it was just. It was new and it scared them. And when we said, no, no, this is helping other people engage in worship in ways that you are now comfortable with, but they're not comfortable. We're putting training wheels on the mic for people. Okay. Well, let's put training wheels on. And, and as much as some of these complaints can be downright selfish, because it's really about, you know, why isn't this more comfortable for me without any regards to anyone else? You, you have to have a level of compassion be, because they're, they're um, for a while, I always find it kind of funny that the people that complained about the, the the sound the most being too loud were often the same people that if you went by their house, they had the television like absurdly at a high volume, ironically enough. And the reason why it occurred to me is that there is somewhat of a frequency hearing loss with some people or older people. And so... You know, a frequency of like, say, the electric guitar may really sound a lot louder than those upper, those, those highs and those lows that they don't hear as well anymore. So you always have to keep in consideration that they're not, they're not hearing it the same as you. You know that. So have some compassion in dealing with them. That's totally true. For me, it's all about being super grumpy at people and then learning how to be compassionate when you're upset. So you can hate them on the inside. And communicate love. Good luck, Colton. That for you. If nothing else, head back to France. I, I think that I think the initial dialogue is always good because just having the conversation sometimes enlightens people. Just because they're always stuck in their own head, so mm-hmm. you're you're thinking about it so much. Yep. Someone has a thought one time that clearly they know what they what needs to be done not necessarily realizing that you've put so much effort into this process. And so enlighten them a little bit about it. I know that sometimes that's the last thing you need to do in that moment because there's so much other things going on, but 
Sometimes that helps with the congregation. Or that person that's like, you know, I've talked to people and no one disagrees with me. And you're like, yeah, because you're one of those people that are loud and obnoxious and no one would dare disagree with you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you're one of those people who if folks disagree with you, you wouldn't even hear it anyway. Right. You would just assume they agree with you. <laughs> so. Hey, guys, it's, it's, it's our men's weekend. I got to go and uh, have bacon with some fellas. Mm. Bacon. So, sorry to tease you and also leave. Bacon. Yep. Please eat some bacon for me there, Phil. I will. I will hold, I will hold up a strip to the sky, and I will eat that in your honor. I, I'm <laughs> taking this for Eric. Crunch, crunch. crunch. See you later, guys. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Awesome. Send us an email. Subscribe or search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You can find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag churchm.ag and while you're visiting Church Mag send us a message and subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every Friday until next week you can cut that part you can cut that part too gonna have to cut, yeah I'm gonna have to cut that part too thanks Phil how do we get back on track from that Phil I think we just uh, maybe sit okay. just ask Colt okay. give us some follow up if he wants what one of my favorite arguments, Phil, about the too loud argument with uh, charismatic churches mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh, saying, oh, yes. And I'm sure that when they were marching around Jericho waiting for the walls to fall, there was a group of people saying, it's too loud. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. <laughs>